best in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Uh, hold on to your seats because I'm about to do some serious spouting off. I'm not alone. A lot of people have been absolutely horrified by what happened earlier this week. Donald Trump's private residence was raided by the FBI. News continues to come out, and I'm sure you've been watching it. And everybody has a take on it, which is a good thing. It means we may still have at least a partial free society <laughs> where uh, dissent and differing opinions is actually a good thing instead of labeled a threat to our democracy. Number one, we don't have a democracy, but we're beginning to look like we don't have a democracy or a republic when alphabet agencies are used to retaliate and attack a presidential candidate and a former president of the United States. So much has been said about this. So much will be said more. My point today is to do what is somewhat impolite. <laughs> it's not polite to say, I told you so, right? We're supposed to all be kind and reasonable. And we're even being Warn not to take the bait. There are pundits. I have been sent articles saying, don't do anything stupid. Don't take the bait. Don't uh, 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 do violence. My question to these pundits is, have you been reading too much leftist uh, propaganda? Is it conservatives who do violence or are they just framed for doing violence? Now, I realize this is a broad generalization, but for the most part, it is the left that incites its supporters to do violence, and then they give them a pass, while in the classic tactic of anarcho-tyranny, they look for things that are not violent, even words, calling them violence, and if they can't do that, they'll frame their opponents anyway. Do those pundits who are warning us all not to take the bait, do they think that if we just sit quietly and don't say or do anything uh, that is uh, angry? God forbid you should be angry and be a conservative. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're, a, you're a snowflake for being upset, right? Uh, do they think that if we don't do anything or, or speak out, and people are speaking out, that uh, there won't be those who will frame conservatives for doing it anyway? Is that not what they have been doing to Donald Trump, even in the face of evidence that none of their accusations and charges have come uh, to be true with evidence? But what do they do? They just suppress the evidence. They just continue to push the false narrative regardless. So I just wonder about some of these pundits telling, admonishing 
conservatives instead of admonishing the people who are shredding the Constitution before our very eyes. So, yes, let's be impolite and say, I told you so, and do a little 2020 hindsight. I'll bet like you, you have been watching this march towards tyranny and the shredding of this constitution and our bill of rights, knowing what this boded, if that's a word, for the future. It wasn't just one thing or the other. It was the compilation of red flags that we have been watching really since, at least in my lifetime, um, uh, presidential president number 44, Barack Obama, when we saw giant departures from the rule of law, rhetoric that didn't match reality, and a press that went along, when we saw advancing narratives that we all knew weren't true and not being checked by a vigorous press, which was the whole point of the fourth estate, it was clear that they had already sold out the country, and we knew what that meant, that we'd been watching, and <laughs> like Chicken Little, or I used to call myself, I don't anymore, Paulette Revere, trying to warn people, it isn't just this act right here, it's what it portends for the future, and ladies and gentlemen, this is the future I was talking about. You know, the left talks a lot about red flags. They love red flag laws so that they can use it to confiscate the means of self-defense from law-abiding citizens while encouraging and inciting violence and threats and criminality from people who do their bidding. That's a harsh charge. But in fact, they let criminals out of jail and call them victims, and they go out of after law-abiding citizens, especially when they show a dissent to their growing power and influence and need for control. So if you, if you parrot their ideology, you get away with murder. God forbid, sometimes even literally. But if you kick up your heels and say no, this is not constitutional. This is not right. Uh, I will not muzzle myself with a rag or anything else. Then you become a target. And guess what? The bad news is that if you comply with tyranny, you get more tyranny. That's how it works. So 2020, there's got to be a time to look back because see, the left doesn't want anybody looking back to our history. That's why some of their thugs go out and uh, pummel statues and uh, monuments to important historical events that preserved liberty uh, that our founders and others put their lives on the line to stand for individual freedom and liberty and to preserve a country that that is a monument to individual liberty and constraint of government. It's important for us to look at those red flags that we were given. In fact, on my website right now was a red flag, a speech by none other than Paul Harvey 
uh, giving a speech that uh, my friend Gary Jeff Walker alerted me to. It's on my website right now. It's less than four minutes. It's three and a half minutes called If I Were the Devil, This Is What I Would Do. You can listen to it at my website, KarenCataline.com. People have warned about what it portends when a government detaches itself from the principles of freedom of speech, a free press, and, and dissent. Let me give you a quote real quick before my time is up here. Listen to this, quote, Once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, It has only one way to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. Take a guess, unquote, take a guess who said that, ladies and gentlemen, President Harry S. Truman. That was one of their guys, a Democrat president who said that and their party has completely detached from it. I invite you to watch movies from the 40s and 50s when the bad guys actually got punished and were not elevated. Uh, And then listen to Paul Harvey's uh, short little speech about if I were the devil. So what do we do about this? What do we do about all this? while maintaining our courage and our fortitude, because we know that compliance with tyranny only brings more tyranny. Well, you look at the things that are clearly threats to this radical, out-of-control, tyrannical government that is marching towards global elitist socialism, that's a mouthful, and you hold fast to those things they find most threatening, faith, family, God, the right to dissent, the right to self-defense, conscience, and personal accountability, which is a good thing. So these are all the things that people who want to be God in your universe don't want to elevate. So therefore, let's elevate them. We got to take a break. You're listening to Spouting Off on the KRN Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact, and prevent people from being misled. The Epoch Times is independent. We're not controlled by any special interest, and we never will be. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance, and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and use the promo code RAM and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. Are you tired of the same old snacks? 
Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Karen Cataline got her parents to name her Karen before she was born so she could grow up to be a punchline. Now here's more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the... So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. 
Wow. Well, that is a little taste of the Paul Harvey uh, little radio speech that I teased in our first segment. Please go to my website to listen to the whole thing, spread it around because there have been red flags and we got to start paying attention to them. Let that tell us their motive, not what they tell us their motive is. I am delighted to welcome our first guest this program. Uh, His name is Jeremy Murphy. He's funny. He's sarcastic. He's an embittered veteran of the media industry, founder of 360 Bespoke, a respected boutique PR agency in New York. He handles a full roster of clients in lifestyle, beauty, fashion. He knows media. He's also a graduate of Florida Atlantic University lives in New York with his cat, Champers, and he is author uh, of uh, of F Off Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career. Jeremy Murphy, I got to learn how to talk. Jeremy Murphy, so good to have you back and to be talking to you again. Thank you for having me. That was quite a buildup. I I hope I can be better and sarcastic and funny. Yeah, it's always funny when you tell someone, I'm going to be funny now, and then everybody sits there with their hands folded across their chest going, (laughs) watch me. I don't think so. Anyway, you're coming on spouting off right now at a time when all hell is breaking loose. It's probably a good thing because when you shine the light on roaches, they tend to scurry around. You have some opinions about this marvelous phrase that all the left got the memo that the reason it's okay, even though they knew nothing about it, right? I believe that. Do you? Uh, It's perfectly okay that a presidential candidate, former president, was raided by the FBI, even though they knew nothing, because nobody's above the law. You got some thoughts about that. Jeremy Murphy, lay it on us. Well, yeah, I mean, the media is making it sound like, you know, uh, Armageddon. And, um, I, I, you know, what we learned from, uh, you know, the whole Comey affair is uh, this stuff should be done and I don't know, um, uh, secret or, or uh, you know, um, confidentially. Um, and, you know, I don't know why the attorney general talking about this. Um, it just seems it's so over, overhyped and, uh, you know. Breaking but wait, wait, wait what is overhyped? Jeremy, you said Armageddon. Which part is Armageddon here? Just so our listeners understand what you're trying to say. The media is making it seem like this is like, uh, this is a huge scandal. Um, And can can we just wait to find out like what? What are they saying is the huge scandal that Donald Trump's private residence was raided by the FBI or what they claim is the reason, which I don't believe why his private residence, including Melania's clothing, was gone through by the FBI. Which do you think is the Armageddon that they're, the media is claiming? Well, I, I, I think that the, the actual raid itself is, um, is, you know, explosive all over the media. And we're, we're not really getting a lot more information. Um, and there's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot of theories going around. And um, I just 
this is one of those situations where I'd really like more information because, uh, first of all, I, what a tricky situation that is to, you know, raid a former president's home. I, uh, that seems really. Well, what do you me. think about that? In your own heart of hearts, what do you, and I know this about you, Jeremy, and I was going to ask you about this. And, and we love having people who disagree on this program. Unfortunately, right. people who disagree won't come on our program. You are a Democrat, aren't you? Oh no! Uh, yes, <laughs> right. Uh, okay, more so in, wh- in independent now, I would say. Okay, and that makes it that much more interesting to talk to you. I love. I would have Democrats and people with whom I disagree all the time, but they simply do not believe in dissent anymore. So, just on its face, having a former president, the previous president, who everyone believes will run against the current president if he can remember his name. Um, And he is being raided by the FBI. What are your, what are your, what's your gut telling you about that without knowing any of the facts? Um, I I, I think it was a complete overreach. My, my, uh, my specific thoughts. I mean, if, if, if it's his home, the secret service is already there. Um, I don't know why you need to raid someone's house looking for stuff. Um, and, you know, we're not even sure what it is. Wait, wait. Um, oh, the Secret Service. No, this was the FBI. And, and you already have federal government officials there who, mm. you know, um, this kind of stuff is most of the time it's done interagency and you don't have the drama of a raid, which I think is a little I, I think it was overboard. Uh, well, no president, me. no president of the United States or presidential candidate has ever had his opposition party not only frame him for something that everyone knows he didn't do, but the media won't report it, frame him, impeach him twice, one time when he wasn't even president. Uh, um, it, it, we see a history of this kind of attacks on Donald Trump to get him not to run. And it's all being done in a plain view. So I don't think any anybody in the history of the United States of America who was a presidential candidate, this has ever happened to. So on its face, I, 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 do you blame so, uh, the conservatives that that whose hair is on fire about this? No, I don't. I think um the media has gone completely overboard. I think a lot of this, um, I'm not a lawyer, but, um, you know, when you do have a, uh, uh, ex-president, I think there's, there, there should be some, um, protocol, some, um, way to deal with this kind of stuff. Um, so I think it was, it, it was shock value. And I also think, you know, ever since Trump left office, uh, the ratings have gone down for the media. And so they love it. Any mm-hmm. any time there's a chance to attach his name as scandal and and raid and all this, they'll do. Well, it. CNN is so going I, in the uh, in the uh, garbage disposal. That's for sure. Uh, Jeremy, let me just ask you. I don't know if it would surprise you, but there have been a good many individual citizens who have been raided. Uh, there was a battering ram and uh, mm-hmm. awakened at two in the morning by one of these alphabet agencies um, that were a political opponent to the left, two of them in Colorado. There are many who do not have 
the uh, ability to put this out there in a heartbeat like Donald Trump does on Trump yep. uh, on on Truth Social. Nobody, a lot of people in the country don't know how this is not the first time they're using this kind of I hate calling it overreach because it's it's jackbooted thug tactics that yeah, they, they can call do to them anybody at any time yeah. at any time. I, I, I have a friend who works in law enforcement. And they call it no knock raids, and it's basically uh, allegedly it's so you don't have time to like burn evidence, which is completely ridiculous. I think it's an intimidation factor. Well, uh, his attorney said whatever document they wanted, all they had to do was ask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know and they what? went and, and am... did. Sorry, I'm getting my hair on fire too because I'm outraged <laughs> by this, and I don't think it is an extreme to be outraged by it because if they can do it to Donald Trump, they can do it to you, to me, any of your friends, anyone you know. Right. Oh. Um, you know, I don't know enough about, and I don't think anybody knows enough about this. I, my personal feeling is this was complete um, theatrics. And, you know, he, he, he I, I was not a fan of his, but he is an ex-president. And I do think, like, you know, we have to treat, uh, you know, our, our former leaders, our former presidents with a little bit more of respect and not as a criminal. Which is the whole purpose, you do understand. I still can't believe that between the FBI, the Secret Service, and the lawyers, they couldn't have figured this out without... I got got more questions to ask about you about this, and you graciously agreed to stay with us through the next break for the next segment. Jeremy Murphy, we're going to keep talking to him after this. Don't go away, we got a lot more. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium MyPillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hi, it's Karen Cataline. It's been almost a decade since I wrote Fatlash Food Police in the Fear of Thin. It's about my early experiences in child beauty pageants and being put on extreme diets. Remember when that was shocking? Sadly, that seems like child's play compared to what we are watching today when politicians and woke corporations are actually advocating for the sexualization of children. Everyone's children. We're watching a frontal attack on childhood innocence. This is one story, my story. Fat Lash illustrates and explains why good boundaries are essential for kids to grow up healthy. They need their parents to set them, not the government. Get Fat Lash today. It's available in paperback or ebook at Amazon or at my website, KarenCataline.com. 
be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind. Like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of pre-diabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Karen Cataline puts the Judeo in Judeo-Christian. Now back to Spouting Off. Welcome back to Spouting Off. Yeah, that's me. We are talking to Jeremy Murphy. What a fun guest to have. He's a media specialist, former vice president of communications at CBS, and author of F Off Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and the FMLs. I don't even know what those, I think I know what OMG is, in your media career. Uh, Thank you for staying with us, Jeremy Murphy. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, good, good, good. Listen, in our (laughs) conversation right before, good, good. We put you to sleep there. That's okay. Now, Jeremy, this was a fascinating conversation uh, right before the break. And you talked about how, and rightfully so, you want to know more about this before making decisions, because that's what the media always does. They tell you, here's who's guilty. Here's the narrative we want you to know. Don't think of anything. Don't ask questions. Just think what we tell you to think. So on his face, that makes sense. The question is here, since the media is colluding with the left uh, and they're putting out the narrative, how how are you ever going to know what the truth is unless you just look at, I mean, you're not going to know what the truth is, but could there possibly be any reason to raid a president's home when they are cooperating, when there is no reason to uh, go into their home and use these thug tactics, that just means they can frame anybody at any time and uh, violate the Fourth Amendment. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what got my curiosity, because, you know, these people are talking, you know, 
Trump's lawyers, the Justice Department, you know, Secret mm-hmm. Service is always around him. So obviously they have to be part of this. Um, and this is very rare. Um, and uh, so that's kind of never happened funny. to a presidential never candidate happened. or a former president who's already been, uh, you know, constantly targeted even after he left office. And the other thing, yeah. there, there, I, I read one thing where they were, uh, the new theory is that he's got like nuclear codes in oh, like states at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, but I Biden mean, could on. be trusted with new, I mean, come on, exactly right. So you yeah. know what I really want to ask you about, Jeremy, since yeah. I don't get the pleasure <laughs> of talking to former Democrats much, that's not true. I interviewed Dr. Naomi, Naomi Wolf too, uh, not that long ago, and I love her. She's astonishing. So I love asking this question. You're now an independent and you have, I'm sure, many disagreements with conservatives. What is it that awakened you, not woke you, but what what is it that made you say, I don't want to be a Democrat anymore? Um, the whole wokeism, um, you know, I have yeah, I live in Manhattan, which is very, very uh, liberal and very woke. And yeah. I found uh, certain friends and colleagues um, would judge you for not agreeing with them. And I found that I found that I couldn't agree to disagree with people anymore. They had to assign moral judgment to me not agreeing with something that they said. And it kept happening. And it felt like my party was reading from a script. And if you weren't oh. this, you were racist. If you, were, if you didn't feel this way, you were sexist. Or, and there was no room for a conversation anymore. Like you had to think and believe a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know, that's, that's, that's not the party, uh, you know, I, I, I came of age in. You know, it was you always could have a debate and then just leave it there. But it became this thing where, you know, uh, someone, I, I, I basically said, I think Harry and Meghan are liars, you know, those the two idiot princes. And, um, <laughs> oh, I was racist because Meghan is, is mixed huh? race. And oh, the oh, fact oh, that oh. I don't believe her, oh, my God. And then right. um, she's got mental health issues. I'm so insensitive because I just think they're liars. And you can't not have allowed, not allowed, not allowed to think not Trump allowed. isn't a liar. And Trump was telling the truth. You know what, Jeremy, as a media specialist, and I keep saying that because you've watched from the inside out, you got to ask yourself, all these leftist Democrats marching in lockstep, suddenly no longer tolerant of dissent all at one time. Where do you think they got this idea? Right. Um, that it's yeah, not okay I, to disagree and you're a racist if you disagree with me. Well, yeah, and you know, a lot of it comes, this comes from academia. It comes from special interest groups. It comes from uh, the media coalitions. And yeah, the problem is they have a very, they're, they're a very small part of the population, but they have a very big microphone because yeah. I know a lot of my Democratic friends are starting to feel like I do. And they, they're coming to me and saying, oh, my God, we're so sorry. We judged you, blah, blah, blah. This is out of control. Like, uh, you know, well, I'm glad one, to hear person- that. Give me more. Yeah. One person. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I was going to a lunch with a friend and uh, in Manhattan and he said, we can't eat there because the restaurant is ableist. I'm like, well, what? He said, uh-huh. they favor the able. There's not enough 
uh, seating for disabled people. And I said, there's half the seats here are uh, uh, accessible <laughs> for anyone with a handicap. No, but they're not all. They're and, not and all. They have, they have to and be I was all. Like, this, is, this is out of control. Mm. You know, I used to live in New York City <clears throat> some years ago, many years ago in my 20s and early 30s. And I just lost my cookies over people like, uh, oh God, I blocked out her name, uh, Patty Lupone, who accepted a Tony and who admonished and, and dressed down an audience member for not having a rag fully over her nose because she was putting the actors on stage at risk. And she accepted that Tony in front of a bunch of uh, spoiled, pampered pooches actors who weren't wearing any masks at all at the Tonys. So obviously there's more than one standard here and they're all being found out for the arrogant, ignorant little children that they are. Well, she she throws a fit about anything. Like <laughs> she's famous for her her tantrum. She's and, an atrocious person. I mean, it's, come on. I, yeah, and and you know what? The anything. left is the left rewards people like that who throw tantrums and who you know uh, think it's perfectly well, yeah, okay to be. They, they, yeah, they stood yeah. Up, they stood up for clapping, standing up for him, the man that just assaulted another man on stage. And yeah. an hour later, he's, you know, everybody, you know, throwing confetti at him. I mean, he's a victim. A yeah. So, and I, I'm I'm just delighted to hear that some of your friends are coming to you and not only apologizing, but seeing this hoax, this fraud for what it is. I was enchanted by a video of a black Broadway actor who sadly lost his entire career for the moment because he refused to get a jab. And uh, somehow that's acceptable. Why isn't that racist? Why isn't that unjust? Why isn't that constitute social injustice? I mean, you know, it's it's almost, I feel like Lord of the Flies where, where um, everybody is looking to cancel and attack everybody else. And mm-hmm. it's, and it, what people don't realize is, you know, when you say someone is a racist or a homophobic or or uh, misogynist, you know, we're in an age where if that gets online, that's there forever. And that follows somebody. And so uh, getting a yeah. job, going on a date, even getting a mortgage, you know, that's. Well, and, and unfortunately, and, it's by design, this divisiveness leads to more yep. socialism and Marxism. And, oh, my God, we only have about 30 seconds. Tell everybody where they can get your obscene book, F Off Chloe. They'll have to talk about what it's, it is. It's about the media. Where can they yeah, get it and where can they find it's you? It's on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, um, SimonSchuster.com. You could type it in, F Off Chloe, Jeremy Murphy, um, Apple Books, Walmart. You, you can buy it anywhere online. Well, congratulations on that. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And we model the fact that, guess what? We're allowed to disagree and have vociferous discussions and say, love you and take care. (laughs) Okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with our final guest on Spouting Off right after this. 
If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the... So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. I was asking God through prayer, seeking a good news source. I believe he showed me the Epic Times. I delivered the mail and came across an issue. The front page intrigued me and I subscribed. Now I cut out articles and give them to friends and family. I leave old issues at the library and around my community. We read it to our kids and love the positive messages in each article. So why do I think everyone should read the Epic Times? Because they're bringing back traditional values to this great country. Share healthcare? How can I help? help? I missed the deadline. Um, what deadline? The healthcare deadline. I'm locked out. We don't have any deadlines at Share Healthcare. You can enroll with us at any time. Oh, but can I afford it? Share healthcare programs start at one forty nine a month. Less than five dollars a day. Can I keep my doctor? Absolutely. Pick your own doctor and hospital. Amazing. How do I join? Just visit sharehealthcare.com. Sharehealthcare.com. Sometimes you need a woman's opinion, especially if you're trying to do the impossible, which is to understand women. I'm not really comfortable talking about certain things with women I know or even with family members. I used to wish there was a smart woman who didn't know me but who would care enough to give me good advice. Now, there is. Ask Aunt Emma is for men only, but it's not therapy or phone dating. It's just wise advice. It's completely anonymous because you call and pay through liveadvice.com. So, I decided to give it a try. I was amazed at Aunt Emma's insights. She gave me a lot to think about so I could decide what to do next. And maybe she can help you too. Find Ask Aunt Emma on Facebook or register at liveadvice.com and you can speak to her practically right away. Again, you can find Ask Aunt Emma on Facebook or you can register at liveadvice.com. Get the female perspective. Just ask Aunt Emma. Ask Aunt Emma is for men only. Must be 18 or older. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Sign up for Karen's newsletter and read her columns at KarenCataline.com. Now back to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. We are so glad to have you with us here on Spouting Off. We do Spouting Off Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays live at 1 p.m. You can find all the details at my website, but you can also write me at Karen at KarenCataline.com. Let me know what you think, what you'd like to hear, or <laughs> dissent. We love dissent. But in our last relatively short segment, we have with us a business historian, and uh, she got her PhD from Columbia University, and, and she wrote a book about Wilma Sauce and America's Forgotten Investor Movement. Uh, she teaches at the Freeman College of Management at Bucknell University, and I can't wait to hear about this because a lot of people are voting with their investments. Her name is Janice Traflett, and she joins us right now. Welcome, Janice, to Spouting Off. Karen, I'm delighted to be with you, and I, I know you have a connection to Columbia, too, with getting your master's there. So, uh, Oh, wow. Uh, Thank the, you for noticing. Yeah. Yes, it, very <laughs> conservative school, Columbia University, isn't it? <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's also interesting that the biography that I've co-written with Bob Wright at the American Institute of Economic Research uh, is about uh, Wilma Soft who actually graduated from Columbia School of Journalism in the 1920s. Oh, wow. Uh, so quite a connection. Yeah. Well, I wanted uh, to have you on to both. talk about. Yeah, I wanted to mm-hmm. have talk about. And the book is called Fearless, Wilma Sauce mm-hmm. and America's Forgotten Investor Movement. What our appetite about this book, Janice? Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I love this subject. I, I've come to love Wilma Soss, who died in 1986. Uh, she was beloved in her time, and she was a well-known shareholder activist at a time where most uh, uh, Americans weren't so involved in the stock market, and there were very few shareholder activists in the, in the late 40s, early 50s when she started. And uh, yet she found a calling to this, and uh, she was a journalist and a public relations whiz before she got involved with anything to do with the stock market. Uh, and then she became um, known as both uh, a Sharon or activist and also a very popular radio show host. Uh, so another um, thing you have oh. in common with Wilma Sauce. <laughs> How cool. What was she activist yeah. for or against Wilma Sauce? 
Uh, well, she was a very positive person, so she saw herself as for things, and <laughs> she was for uh-huh. better governance and wanted to improve things, and she was so much the optimist in seeing at a time of uh, where there were a lot of things that needed to be improved in American society as a whole, and also in corporate governance, uh, that that the best way to do that was to try to solve some of these problems yourself, and that there was a power of one. So in terms of specifics, uh, that one of the things she wanted was more women and minorities on boards of directors and in executive leadership positions in corporations, which was really remarkable for the time because, you know, Bob and I, my co-author Bob Wright and I, pick up the story. We start the book Fearless in the late 1940s, the end of World War II in 1945, as he had a bunch of Rosie the Riveters, you know, involved with a ton of uh, women in the United States uh, trying to help the, the war cause by taking on positions that had previously not been open to them in American industry. Um, but then some of them getting laid off in 1945, 46, and 47 as reconversion took place. And so while women were trying to get the, the right to work in normal capacities as um, even like bus drivers in cities. There were um, rules that went into place in some cities across the country where women could be bus drivers in 1946, 1947. She was thinking about, well, let's try to get them on boards of directors and in uh, in executive positions, including you know, the C-suite, but also just senior vice presidents types of things and vice presidents, which were women weren't at the time. Mm. Very interesting because uh, since she is from a different era, I guess I would wonder whether she thinks we've gone overboard in the sense that we make these identities everything today. And has merit gone by the wayside in favor of I have to appoint this person because of the color of their skin? I wonder about that. Yeah, that's uh, a very, very deep thought and something that my co-author and I have continually grappled with, like, what would Wilma think of these things today? And uh, and we do have some clues because as much as she was uh, absolutely for equal opportunity uh, for everyone, not just uh, women in, uh, in, in uh, position in both politics and in the economy, uh, she also was against tokenism and uh, she was and in some ways she might have inadvertently contributed to that by saying like why isn't there a woman on the board and then okay well later yeah, on but it's some, insulting you know, some, the tokenism yeah, it's, it's insulting, insulting absolutely it, it you could call it mm-hmm. racist uh, mm-hmm. to think yeah. that a person is nothing more than the color of their skin and that they can't yeah. mm-hmm. be held to the same standard as everyone yeah. else. And I think that's what yeah. people are screaming about today. And they're being called yeah. racist for screaming about it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And so think more along that those lines. Uh, I remember there's one instance where corporation named the first woman to their board. And Wilma Soft had pressured that board repeatedly to name a woman to the board. And then she wasn't happy. She wasn't thrilled with the pick of the woman thinking the woman wasn't qualified for that particular board spot. And she's like, of all, all the people, why this particular woman? And it was interesting in terms of even her politics because Wilma Soft was Republican and the woman on the board was uh, the wife of uh, a Republican governor of that state at the time. 
And uh, so it wasn't that she disagreed with the politics. It was that she disagreed with the principles and was concerned about, okay, are people getting appointed for the wrong reasons? And what you saw again and again in her uh, speeches on her radio show, Pocketbook News, um, and what she said in the, uh, in these share in our meetings was the necessity of appointing qualified people to the boards of directors and that uh, women shouldn't be obviously excluded, um, but she was about equal opportunity and not quotas. Mm, exactly right. I mean, and looking back, this has been maybe one of the things I've been harping on, looking back and looking at our history, and that's what your book is all about. Uh, we mm-hmm. almost are out of time, so I want to give you a chance to let people know where to find the book and learn more uh, and find you. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, again, I'm Jan Trapwood. I teach at Bucknell. I have a wonderful co-author, Bob Wright, and our book is called Fearless, Wilma Sauce and America's Forgotten Investor Movement. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. It's being released on August 31st. You can pre-order it. Uh, you can also go to All Seasons Press as our publisher, and you can order it through them as well. Uh, and uh, I, I would say that uh, you know, Wilma Sauce was, in terms of an investor, uh, very much for retail investors being educated increasing financial literacy. Um, so uh, it would be a disservice to her just to think of her as a woman share owner activist. Right. We got to wrap it period. up. Jana's yeah. traveling. Okay. Thank you for telling us. Thank you for uh, writing the My pleasure. Thank, thank you so okay. much. Appreciate my it. pleasure. Bye. Uh, best of luck Bye. to you. That about does it for us here on Spouting Off. Tune in next time where we'll have lots to spout off about. And you keep spouting off too. Stand up, speak out. I'm out of here.